welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And Dr. Charles, it is so good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ron. How are you? I'm doing really well and uh, concerned, of course, about the numbers of people who are contracting uh, that virulent uh, COVID-19. And that, of course, is a great concern. Are are you seeing that in any of your patients? Absolutely, Ron. We are um, we are seeing the wave of increased cases of COVID-19, especially with this Delta variant that is so contagious. We are seeing cases mostly in our unvaccinated patients, but I have seen a few cases even in the vaccinated. What I am seeing is that the although the cases in the vaccinated folks can still be pretty miserable, they're nowhere near as bad as the cases in the unvaccinated. So we're still encouraging vaccination for all of our patients. And the ones who are dying uh, generally are the unvaccinated. That's generally the case, yes. So if you haven't gotten the vaccine, go get it. Absolutely, yeah. That Although there are cases, and I, I think I've heard of one case of a patient that passed away having been vaccinated, but this is very rare compared to the volume of cases that we're seeing. And we're even seeing cases in our employees um, you know, because it's hitting a, a younger population this round. Right. So, um, you know, all we can really recommend is continuing to be very diligent with the masking and the hand washing and all those things that that helped us, you know, with the first few rounds are going to help us with this one, too. But um, I think a lot of people have become very just tired of of all of the the precautions that you're having to take and all the energy that it takes to be so vigilant. So um, we just need to keep pushing a little bit longer. We're going to welcome our very special guest today. She's nurse practitioner, Tara Calise. Uh, you find her at the uh, Wellmed Clinic in Land Lakes, Land Lakes, Florida. Not the butter people. She told me that's up in Minnesota, but they got a ton of lakes there. Thus, the name Land Lakes. Dr. Uh, uh, nurse practitioner Calise earned her master's degree in nursing from the University of South Florida College of Nursing in Tampa, also earned her master's degree in business administration from the University of Dallas Graduate School of Management in Irving, Texas, and she is board certified as a nurse practitioner. And Tara, we're going to talk about summer sun safety, but before we do that, I just want to pick up quickly on what we were talking about uh, on the uh, Delta variant and COVID-19. What are you seeing at your clinic? We are absolutely seeing a surge of COVID-19 positive patients. Actually, my last patient I saw right before this interview here is a 93-year-old patient who was unvaccinated that tested positive for COVID. So it definitely is surging here in Florida, and I'm trying to spread the word that indeed, like Dr. Charles said, it's the unvaccinated patients that are mostly being hit with it right now. So please, everybody needs to get vaccinated. We have to get through this surge. Now at 93, you're really at high risk. 
very high risk. And the, the thing with our elderly um, is most of those people need a lot of caregivers, so they cannot necessarily quarantine on their own. They're getting exposed to a lot of other people as well. So wow. it's especially important that we push for vaccinations in our elderly population. Well, I forgot to say welcome aboard. We're delighted to have you with us and thank you for joining us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about sun safety because you live in the land of sunshine, uh, the state of Florida. Uh, we're seeing a lot of sunshine and heat in Texas as well. Talk to us about the risks of sun exposure and, and what it is you'd like to see people do. Well, first of all, um, the sun does have a lot of benefits. It's it's usually, you know, where we do a lot of our fun activities, golfing, swimming, tennis. It's good for stress relief to be out in the sunshine. It's a great source of vitamin D, but it does have a lot of risks involved when you do expose yourself to sun and skin cancer, which we primarily get from sun exposure is one of the most common cancers that we see. So we really need to take a lot of precautions and we need to get all the information we can to our patients to try to avoid this most common type of cancer. Now I want to bust a couple of myths and I'll come right back to you. But first, those who have just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we're talking with nurse practitioner, Tara Calise. She's at the WellMed Clinic in Land Lakes, Florida. Uh, so, Tara, one of the myths is, and I was told this growing up and believed it as an adult, the sun exposure you got as a kid is the problem. Whatever you do today doesn't matter. You can hang out naked in the sun. It's not going to hurt you. It's the old exposure that's going to nail you. No, it, that's not necessarily the case. Um, we do take into account previous sun exposure and sunburns, but really it's not too late to mitigate those risk factors. It's the cumulative exposure to sun that puts us at risk for skin cancer. And, you know, pe some people are more at risk of it. People that have lighter hair, um, lighter colored eyes, people that freckle more easily, people that have a lot of moles. And really the older you are, the more at risk you are of getting skin cancer, and we need to look at our own family histories. People who have parents or siblings that have had skin cancers are at more risk. Now, we do a better job, uh, Dr. Charles, today of identifying and diagnosing skin cancer than years ago. When I was a kid, I don't ever remember someone talking about it. Well, I think that's <clears throat> that's part of it, too, is the more that we know, the better you know, uh, informed people are, the more likely they are to bring up any abnormal growths or concerns that they might have about their skin. Um, you know, it is, of course, important to have a physician or nurse practitioner, a provider, um, look at your skin. And so, you know, having them take a look at your back, take a look at your chest, just to make sure that there aren't any lesions that are growing. But I would say a lot of my cases of abnormal moles come from patients finding them themselves and saying, hey, got this spot. Why don't you take, can you take a look at this and see if, if it looks okay, or if it looks like it needs to come off. And although some of those lesions that we see are not malignant or don't have any of those characteristics, 
you know, we do find those skin cancers as well. Like um, NP Khalees said, you know, it is one of the most common skin uh, cancers that is identified in especially our population, which is our um, seniors. And Tara, uh, there are different types of skin cancers. And as Dr. Charles intimated, some are more aggressive than others. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with a basal cell uh, skin cancer, uh, had an appointment, waited, as it turned out, maybe a month or two to have it removed. And I kept calling the doctor and saying, hey, am I going to die from this? And they'll say, don't worry, it's very, very slow growing. And they took it out, uh, doing great. There are other cancers of the skin you really have to worry about. But tell us the differences. So you are fortunate that you had the, the basal skin cancer type, um, but the more severe ones like squamous cell and especially melanomas can be deadly. Melanoma can be a very serious one. And I know personally, I have a family friend who just went to a baseball game. They, they, did, the, they did a little screening in a bus it turned out he had a malignant melanoma that would never have been found otherwise. And it was taken out and he is doing well right now. So everybody needs, especially people that live in sunny climates, everybody needs to have their skin checked regularly because those trained eyes can detect a skin cancer that can become very serious. And I always encourage my patients who do a lot of outdoor activities, even if they have no current concerns, to go see a dermatologist because they can find those skin cancers that can become deadly. It's interesting. That's a great concept. Take me out to the ball game and get checked for skin cancer. Yes, I like that. I, and I've, I've been to other events where they do have Locally here in Tampa, we have Moffitt Cancer Center, and they send out what's called the Mole Patrol, and people get a free skin cancer screening. And I do encourage people to, to go take advantage of things like that, because not everybody knows what they're looking for at home. Well, and, well and give us, I realize it's radio, so it's tougher to do this, but describe for us what we ought to worry about. In my case... Uh, I didn't realize I had a problem other than I had a, a little bump next to my nose, uh, which I just kept picking at because it was, you know, it was there to pick at. And I finally, at my regular uh, dermatological uh, appointment, I said, hey, you know, this is just driving me crazy. And she looked at it and she said, we need to get that biopsy. It looks like it could be uh, uh, basal cell, basal cell uh, carcinoma. I don't know how she knew that, but that's her business. And sure enough, it turned out that I, uh, I tested positive for that. In general, I, I recommend to my patients anything that looks like it's changing. If, if you have some sort of skin lesion that has looked the same your whole life and suddenly it becomes larger, darker, a different texture, or there's something that seems to never heal, that's bleeding. something, mm -hmm. if it's bleeding, exactly, that's something that, that needs attention. And it may be nothing, but it's best to have that checked out by somebody in case it is something. Plus, it gives you the chance to have a conversation about 
how to prevent skin cancer and get a baseline for future skin exams. All right, now stay with me just a minute. We're going to do a little business at our end. Going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline in Lando Lakes, Florida, the WellMed Clinic there with Tara Kalis, who is a nurse practitioner. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Wilmed Radio. Off the air, while you were listening to stuff, we were talking about the Mohs procedure, which is a technique used by surgeons to remove basal or basal cell carcinoma. And, and I said to our, our very special guest, uh, nurse practitioner, uh, Tara Kalise, and our co-host, uh, Dr. Marisa Charles, we ought to do this on the air. We had a whole show off the air during the commercial break. So let me come back to a nurse practitioner, Police, what is the Mohs procedure? So the Mohs procedure is one where they've identified a skin cancer that they need to remove. Um, and going into the procedure, what they do is they try to remove, remove the smallest portion. And then right there, they check to see if they've gotten a clean margin of non-cancerous tissue. And if they haven't, They will continue to do small cuts until they get to the point where they've gotten just enough of the cancerous part to be able to save the non-cancerous part of the skin. And that allows the patient to not have an overly aggressive um, cut. And they tend to heal up relatively well, as you were explaining in your own procedure, people are very pleased generally with what the scar looks like. The technique saves the good skin, basically. So they don't go in and start hacking away. They do it slowly. And in in my case, uh, the doctor explained very carefully before he began what they would do when they had uh, somebody standing by in, in another room with a a microscope and solution, and they were going to uh, do a swab and check it, uh, which they did. Uh, I was lucky because they got it all. And then I told them, hey, is there a way you can use dissolving stitches so I don't have to come back here? And he said, sure, I can do that. Uh, so they sewed me up with dissolving stitches, and off I went. Uh, and the uh, uh, incision uh, was right along the crease line uh, from your nose to your cheek, uh, in my face, you don't know, unless you look really closely, there's even a scar there. And I gather, Dr. Charles, you see that very often. 
I do. I've seen some pretty incredible recoveries from skin cancer, especially on the face. But the thing is, sometimes the lesion that you see with your eye does not show the whole extent of cancer cells underneath the skin. And that's why this procedure is so important. So again, what the most surgeon will do is they initially remove just the the area that is in question, and then they have a pathologist review it and see if they got all of it. And if they didn't, they call you back and they take a bigger cut. And so this can be frustrating for a patient. You you were very lucky, Ron, that they were able to get it all on that first try. But well, I've had patients that have- back. Uh, he said, you'll just stay here in the exam room. No, you stay there, but right. you, you know, you go out, you wait in the waiting room for a little bit, and then they call you back in to the, to the procedure room and say, okay, nope, we need to take a little bit more. And they take another section and then they close it, put you in the, in the procedure room again. And that can continue until they have wow. the entirety of the cancer removed. And so I've so had a lucky. couple of patients, you were lucky that have had to go you know, have more than one time where they're cutting. So um, I've been very impressed with the surgeons that we work with here in San Antonio in the way that they're able to repair and, and leave, you know, very minimal scarring on the face, even after pretty extensive, you know, cuts that they've had to do on the face. So now it's very interesting. With the other types of skin cancer, uh, nurse practitioner, Kalise, uh, are the procedures to remove them more invasive? They can be in some cases. If you have a malignant melanoma skin cancer, you can have a, a pretty extreme procedure done. Um, and generally, that's a much more extensive workup and treatment because that can metastasize. It can lead to other types of cancer. So and my one of my daughters-in-law, lost most of a calf in one of her legs because of a uh, malignant melanoma. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, being safe in the sun is no joke. It it really isn't. And I know, especially here in Florida, last year, I was swimming in my own pool up through November. So, and we're also walking around in shorts at Christmas time. So we, Mm -hmm. we get sun all year long. And you can have sun exposure even when it doesn't look like the sun is out there shining. So it's the UV rays, need, right? You, exactly. The UV rays. So people need to really be cautious even, even when they think they may not necessarily be doing something in the what sun. Do you, pardon me for interrupting. What, what do you recommend in the way of sunscreen? So for sunscreen, when you're choosing a sunscreen, you want to look for something on the package that says broad spectrum that will protect against UVA rays, UVB rays, and you're looking for SPF 15 or higher. And that's the sun protection factor. And just to get into once somebody chooses sunscreen, you want to be very, very generous in applying it to your skin. That's not the time to economize with with your skincare products. And they've made it very convenient now because it comes in spray form as well. If you're trying to maybe get your own back or the back of your legs and you want to apply it every two hours 
or more often if you're sweating, if you're swimming, if you're wiping yourself off with a towel. But really sunscreen needs to be used in conjunction with other forms of sun protection, including clothing, hats, sunglasses, and then trying to stay in the shade as much as possible. I used so, to not yeah. wear a hat, but uh, as you can see, we can see each other on Zoom for those of you on the radio. <laughs> Here, I'll hold my head closer to the microphone. I, I don't have much hair. And and so a hat really comes in handy, right? Exactly. I a, yeah, I had a sweet patient that I saw just the other day who had been out at the coast uh, here in Texas at the beaches and forgot her hat. So she, and she had sunscreened her face. So her face was fine, but her scalp was completely sunburned. She had even through the hair. She, her hair was a little bit thinner. And so, yeah, she burned right through her hair and um, was pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) So it's, it's harder to apply all those lotions to the scalp. So the hat would have been perfect. But in her case, she, I guess, for a portion of the time she was outside, forgot to wear it. Now, they're, they're yes. all different kinds of sunscreens on the market, uh, and they can vary in price uh, from very affordable to really expensive. Uh, I'm assuming, speaking as a guy who could be called cheap, in terms of protection, they're all the same. If it says SPF 15 or 16 or 20 or 30, whatever it is, covers UV and UVB. You don't have to spend a lot of money for that. No, you don't really have to spend a lot of money on your sunscreen. As long as it says broad spectrum and the SPF is 15 or above, you can go for, you know, the the less expensive, moderately priced ones. But also we can use basic things like hats and clothing to protect ourselves. And like you were saying, even, even with like hair, you can still be sunburned. So people need to look at the type of hat they're wearing. Everybody likes those straw hats. Sun can get through that. Sun can get through the mesh. Yes. Sun can get through the baseball caps with the mesh. So you want tighter woven materials as far as clothing and hats. And don't forget about your eyes wearing Sunglasses will protect the skin around your eyes, as well as your eyes that need to be protected from cataracts. So we want people to look as covered as possible, as wearing hats, sunglasses, clothing, and then sunscreen as your last layer of protection. I had cataracts in both eyes removed a few years ago. It occurs to me it was probably all those years I sat in the sun with aluminum wrap boards trying to get more sun on my face. Gone are those days when everybody wants to be cool with the tan. We really want to be as healthy and, and looking our best when we're older. So that's really protecting yourself from the sun. Now, before we run out of time, for those of you who just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Marisa Charles. She is our co-host on WellMed Radio and our special guest, uh, Tara Police, who is a nurse practitioner at Land Lakes, Florida, Wellman Clinic. What other issues do we have with skin summertime? I'm thinking of bugs that bite, mosquitoes, chiggers, you name it. Uh, how big a problem is that? We actually see a lot of insect bites in Florida. People get bitten by spiders, which can become 
infected. People do a lot of gardening. Um, one of my other patients I saw this morning had a rash from something she came into contact with while gardening. So despite Florida being a beautiful, wonderful place to live, there are a lot of risks we take when we spend time outside, whether it's the sun or the, the bugs we come into contact with or the plants. And Marissa, you're screeching up your face. You, you see a lot of bugs. <laughs> I'm just lights. thinking of all the mosquitoes. I, I'm just I, thinking I, yeah. uh, they love me. I so can step a, outside for two minutes and I'll have three mosquito bites on me. So, Well, people say that's the, uh, the content of your carbon dioxide, that mosquitoes are attracted uh, to your exhale. And obviously you've got <laughs> mosquito bite. I guess I have CO2. CO2 because they love me. So, and, and of course, you can cover yourself with off. Uh, as a way to protect against mosquitoes. I, I try not to think about what that does to us, all that uh, chemical protection that many of us are using, but it does keep mosquitoes away. And there are some more natural things too, like um, like the eucalyptus and the, you know, different other, you know, more natural, but nothing is going to be as helpful as, as the DEET for right. repelling bugs. But we are flat out of time. And I want to uh, thank our special guest nurse practitioner, uh, Tara Kalish, you did a great job, Tara. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, we really appreciate you down at Lando Lakes, Florida, WellMed Clinic. For our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.